when you hit a barrier, not back off. And what happens to people in court roles especially is, okay, I hit a barrier, the person at the top is the one who has to deal with it, as opposed to you. And, you know, I just got an email today from a superintendent and just said, I, you need to teach my people decision-making. Well, it's not about decision-making. She says they see the data in the schools, they see it's not working, and they don't do anything. That's because they don't have the ownership. That's because they're not persistent. And that's because the people above keep answering the questions. It's not a decision-making formula she needs. It's how do you get this built-in ownership and persistence of people that they can do it. Welcome to Unlock 360, the podcast that delves into education, systems, and leadership. I am your host, Wendy York Davood, and joining us today is Aaron Hagen Cherry, the Operations Manager of LTL 360, Lyle Kurtman, CEO of Future Management Systems, and Beth Saunders, the Operations Manager of Future Management Systems. Make sure to stick around until the end of the episode to learn how you could receive a free coaching session backed by a leadership competency assessment. And check out the link in the description below where you can get the four key steps that you must take now to stop your educators from leaving. All right. So Aaron, Lyle, Beth, fill in the blank. Leadership is a key component in every aspect of... Mine's pretty cliche because that's how I like to do it, but it's everything. Like, I didn't believe that before. There was a time whenever I did not think I was a leader or that there was any sort of need for leadership, but I think it's in everything, and I'm learning that more and more. I, I completely agree, Erin. Everything that I do, whether it's just, you know, answering emails, answering questions from, you know, clients, um, Everything is about leadership. It's about taking ownership of the work that you're doing. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would agree. It's part of every day, every day of your life, not just two o'clock on Thursdays. <laughs> part of okay, every- like I, I thought I would hear some different things from each of you, but you all just agree. <laughs> it's everything. It's about everything. Can you give a couple of examples or speak to that a little bit more? Uh, I can. For me. Um, coming into this role as an operations manager, first I thought, well, there I am good. In the background, I'll be behind the scenes. Nobody's going to see me, and I'm going to do my tasks. I'm a really good task person. Give me something to do, tell me how to do it, and I'll do it. And so whenever I was a kindergarten teacher, that's exactly what happened. They gave me my curriculum, what to teach, my standards, write these on the board. This is what you're going to teach. Here are your books. Everybody in the district has the exact same thing. So you just had to tick it off all day. That's what I did. Okay, I've taught ELA. Got the, and I would mark everything off. I was told what to do, and I was a very good teacher doing just that. Um, and then whenever I came into this position, I thought, I'm going to be really great. Wendy will tell me what to do as my boss. I'm going to go do it. I'll mark, uh, just check my little boxes because that's what I'm really good at. And I was kind of excited about that. Then you came in and pushed me <laughs> to do different things. Like, okay, no, 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 you're part of the team. I've pulled you up a chair at this table, it is big enough and it will continue to be big enough and I'm going to grow you. And I was like, absolutely not. I will continue to tick, tick all my tasks. I'm really good at that. I'm not a leader. I don't even know what you're talking about. That's weird. I'm back behind the scenes. And then you explained what we do with schools 
And it really, I'm learning is no different for me. Like it is exactly the same thing. So you put me in with coaching with Lyle and we began the process of pushing my boundaries to learn and to grow as a leader and to speak up and feel like I have a place at this table. And it has given me ownership. Now I don't say your business, I say our, it's our company. And it feels really good and powerful. And it is the complete opposite of what I've always been conditioned to, to believe as somebody that should be behind the scenes. Just do what I say, please. And now it's like, I need to hear from you, Aaron. You, you matter and what you do matters. And we're going to make your voice available to our company. Like you, you may not go out into the field like we do, but you are a thought partner. You better take ownership here. And so it has been work, but it has been very helpful for me. I have grown tremendously as a human, as a, as a leader. I believe that now it's really hard to even say it out loud, but I am, I'm a leader now. So thank you. Thank you, Lyle <laughs> and Beth. <laughs> Completely agree, Aaron. I, so I started working with Lyle uh, 12 years ago. So I came in, I had two, you know, I was a single mother, had two young kids. I just wanted to come in, do my job, go home. That was it. You know, tell me what to do. Exactly like what you were saying, Aaron. Yeah. And um, yeah, Lyle's not all about that. So. <laughs> how different how different was it how different was it <laughs> yeah it was a complete you know one of the, one of the things you know in my you know similar to you are in my past roles you know this needs to be done you know just put it on my desk i'll take care of it no problem um but you know lyle wanted to make sure that i was doing the work obviously but I was thinking about what I was doing. I was just not checking things off, doing things, but you know, I had to put thought into it. And if there was something that, you know, I was doing that I thought could be done a different way or be, you know, not be done at all and do something else instead, he was completely open to, to me talking about that, where that had not been something that um, any of my previous employers had, had wanted. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Um, I think for for me, one of the most important things that I learned was like, you know, I was a communications major in college, so I, I know how to communicate fairly well. But he wanted me to communicate, you know, constantly about what I was doing, what was coming up next, be proactive and just always have this open line of communication. And I think that for developing leadership, um, in any role, I think that communication is the most important part. You know, I remember one of the, the key moment early on, you know what I'm going to say, Beth, is that she had just started and I asked for an update and she listed like 10 people she had called that day um, and that they weren't in. And she added me that list. So I said, okay, so this is going to be the key moment. So now I'm going to have to tell you to call them again. <laughs> right. So, so we're not going to do that anymore, right? So we're going to figure out what, why are we trying to contact these people? What are the goals and the outcomes and how can we connect to them? And how can you connect to them? Because giving me a list of you did your task actually doesn't advance any of that. 
right now. And I said, so that'll be the last day that you'll ever give me a list like that. And she has never given me <laughs> Yeah, so she, so Beth might say, um, I did contact three people today and they weren't in, and then I'm about to jump in and she'll say, no, hold on. So let me tell you what I did afterwards to advance that work. So she started by trying to contact, but she wouldn't just say, well, I did my job. I contacted them. They weren't in. She would never do that. And if I try to jump in, she'll say stop, <laughs> which is good part of leadership is don't let me keep going. Cut me off. It doesn't matter what my job is or my role. You're an equal member of this group and this team. For our listeners who may not may not be aware, um, LTL 360 provides leadership coaching to individuals and teams on the instructional side and future management systems provides uh, leadership coaching to individuals and teams on the people side. And Aaron and Beth, while they serve as operations managers, um, really do play a very critical role in the work with, um, with the school districts and charter organizations that we serve. I wonder, uh, Aaron and Beth, what are some of the key leadership skills that you believe are critical or most important for your work? Um, I think I, I mentioned this briefly before, but communication. Obviously, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think communication is both being able to listen and to speak is really important. Um, I also think confidence, and that's something that you develop. It's not, you know, when I, I wasn't confident when I started this job, I think, Aaron, you probably felt the same um, because the role was different from what I was used to. And um, so that confidence develops. And I think the more that confidence develops, the better you get at it. And you, the better you get as a leader and as a, you know, a thought partner or whatever you, you know, whatever your role is, I think that works. And finally, I think, and I, I think it's a real strong um, kind of through line for both LTL and for FMS is a sense of purpose. Um, what, you know, what are we trying to do and what, you know, who are we trying to help? And I think knowing that is really important. I agree. Um, one of the things I was going to say, or the first thing that came to my mind when you asked that, and it may not be answering it exactly like you're asking it, but it was believing in myself. So, ooh, and the Lyle knows this, it's part of my coaching. Like, I don't really and never have had someone to build me up, to believe in me, to take time with me, to let me know that I can, you know, like I said, pull up a chair to a table that I feel very much like I don't belong. And you immediately were like, you believed in me. And I've had people believe in me in the past, but it was like learning how to own my own belief in myself. And it took work, a lot of work. It's still where I'm not real confident. I'm much more confident. And I feel it every time we do hard things. So I like to shy away from the hard things. I don't want to do it. It's very uncomfortable. Uh, I would rather defer to Wendy, my boss, or anybody else. But, but I know things have to be done. And it's that you empower me to believe in myself and that you're putting whatever you believe in into me. In other words, you're going to get coaching with Lyle because we're a team. We do it by ourselves. We do it together. We do it as an entire LTL 360 team. And we're very committed to growing one another. And you'll let me know, hey, Aaron, I'm not perfect either. Like, I need somebody not to just sit and yes, ma'am, me all the time, but to also say, hey, uh, 
maybe I disagree a little bit with that and that's okay. And I would have never, nope, it's just, I don't feel like that would be my role. It's not part of my title, very much a title person. Like I, because that's how I was with top down. This is, you're going to listen to somebody else. And Wendy just taught me absolutely not. I'm not the top. I'm not the top. You know, I started this. I believe in it. I believe in what we do and I believe in you. And so here, here's your seat at the table. Like take some ownership in our company and in yourself. Have belief. I just feel that leadership coming up as part of the ownership, the confidence, just like Beth was saying. It's like communicate with me, Aaron. Don't just sit back and yes, ma'am, and this is great and go, Wendy, but I need you to have an opinion here. It matters. So that communication is it's building. It's the confidence is building, just like Beth said. Maybe whenever I'm here 12 years, like Beth. I'm going to be a much more confident, but I can feel it growing and building and it feels really exciting to, to be empowered. And I appreciate that from you because it's not been easy for you, no doubt. <laughs> you know, one, I think well, everything you all said, great. I, I would just add one, which I kind of alluded to before, and that's persistence. The ability to, when you hit a barrier, not back off. Uh, and what happens to people in, in you know, um, support roles especially is, okay, I hit a barrier. The person at the top is the one who has to deal with it as opposed to you. And, you know, I just got an email today from a superintendent and Beth knows about it um, and just said, I, you need to teach my people decision-making. Well, it's not about decision-making. She says they see the data in the schools, they see it's not working and they don't do anything, right? That's because they don't have the ownership. That's because they're not persistent. And that's because the people above keep answering the questions. It's not a decision-making formula she needs. It's how do you get this built-in ownership and persistence of people that they can do it? Because um, she's saying they're, they look at it and then they go back to their meetings again. And she's frustrated. <laughs> so you got you to push through the barriers, no matter what they are. And what are some what are some of the most common misconceptions uh, that that people have about leadership? I, I think I know where you may go with this, but I want to hear your thoughts. Anyone can be a leader because it's not the title; it's it's what we, what you're doing or what you do with your position to, you know, further the goals of the organization. I mean, I think simple as that. So you could be an administrative an assi administrative assistant, you could be an office manager, you could be an operations manager, you could be a superintendent, you could be the president. It doesn't matter. You need to know what the goals of the organization are and just go for it. Just do the work with that in mind. So whether it's a task or a podcast or or whatever, you know, you do it with what the goals are in mind. So I have a CEO of a nonprofit that used to say, it's not about the title and who said it, it's the merit of the idea. And, you know, it was an interesting, it's the merit of the idea. It doesn't matter where it comes from. It was, and he's a very strong leader, but he really believed that and he developed his people. It's the merit of the idea. That's good. And I, and I think I was going to share that Beth, um, you reminded me of teachers um, that, you know, that I've worked with because so frequently they'll say, no, 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 I'm a teacher, I'm not a leader. And, you know, I remind them that they have 20, 25, 30, 35 
children in front of them who they influence and who follow, and that makes them leaders. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think the other maybe skill would be interesting the two of you to talk about are uh, Aaron and Beth is the ability to influence, not have authority, because the real power is influence, not authority. Because once you have authority, once you've declared the authority, it's over. Influence keeps going. So what do you both think about that piece? How do you influence something without authority? Oh, you you have somebody that believes in you and trusts and, and, and starts to allow you to have a voice that starts to say, I trust you in this and, you know, trust yourself and, and know that it's okay because you wouldn't be here and part of this team if, you know, I didn't believe in you. And so I'm committed to this. Um, I'm committed to your success because your success and your leadership makes the whole, like it's a part, you can't pull me out. You can't pull Beth and I out of our positions with our companies, with LTL 360, with FMS. If we pull us out, there's a lot of work, Lyle, you and Wendy are going to be doing, right, that, that will take you away from <laughs> who is going to get you on a Zoom app, you yeah. know? Like, no. But in a more serious note, I didn't really understand the value that I was bringing because by me sitting back and doing what I do, it takes that load off. Wendy, is she capable of doing it? Yes, 100%. But not also give our schools the outcomes that we're after, right? She can't do that. You can't do all the things. You can only be spread out so far and then so thin. And then all of a sudden we lose what we're about. We lose our values. Like, what is our organization? What do we value? What is our outcome? Which was a new thing for me to learn from both Wendy and Lyle. Like, Aaron, stop telling me the tasks that you're doing. What are, and Wendy would not let, take it just like you, Lyle. Like, you have to understand what is our outcome. I want you to think about that. And I just did not see that place in it. But it, it is so good. And it has made me what, oh, now I'm in, I am a leader. Like, I have an outcome for myself, a daily could be considered tasks, but that outcome is for our company, for our business. And ultimately it just trickles right on down to the students. That is what we are here for. So even though I feel like, well, I don't ever see the students, I don't see, I am empowering, affecting them. I'm bringing them and this company value by what I'm doing behind the scenes, ultimately behind the scenes, right? You know, and Wendy will bring me, it was, very strange to me, but Wendy will bring me to meet all the principals on our Zooms to introduce. And, you know, it's like you need to know her, that she matters here. If you can't get a hold of me, she's got my calendar. She knows everything that's going on all day, every day. So essentially, sometimes I feel like I know more about the day-to-day -day things because I also have every other you person do. that works for us. Right? <laughs> you, if you can't get a hold of them, and it's necessary sometimes, call Erin. Here's her face. Here she is. She matters, and it, and it is. It's really been effective for me to grow as well, and so I just think that's been really valuable. To influence, you need to have that communication that I talked about earlier. So you need to have that already set up, I think. But one of the better ways to influence is if there's if there's a problem that you see coming down the road, right? because of the way you're doing something or what's going on outside of, I think um, knowing what that problem is, explaining that problem, and then not just saying, okay, you deal with it, but um, 
have a solution or have a variety of solutions. So when you when you want to into you know influence, you know where you're going as a as an organization, you want to be able to present solutions to things that are are about to happen, or maybe not even solutions, just new directions or you know, I have this idea, you know, let's talk this through. This is kind of what I'm thinking. So I think goes back to what we talked about earlier is being a thought partner. And part of that is knowing the organization in and out, like you were saying, Aaron. Um, and so I, I think that is like core to how you influence where you're going is knowing, again, going back to knowing what the goals of the organization are and, and what happens on a day-to-day basis and then going from there. Don't forget to check out the description below to learn more about LTL 360 and get the four key steps that you must take now to stop your educators from leaving. Lyle, Beth, Aaron, let's talk about leading from the middle. Who wants to take it? I think leading from the middle is kind of, is like what we were talking about before, being an influencer from your position or a leader from your position. Um, so when you're leading from the middle, you are influence, influencing people above um, and you are helping, you know, grow and develop the people, you know, below or whatever you want to call it. Um, and then your support to the people around you. When I think about it, um, I, I know we've touched on it as well, but I, I feel like it's it goes back to the title thing for me. Leading from the middle is like I would have thought I just could not possibly be leading in this role. I didn't think it when I was a teacher either, to be honest, um, because nobody was sort of, this was not talked about. Leading from the middle was, this concept is still fairly new to, to me, and it really needs to be out there for everybody. Like, it needs to be to the masses, because it's so important that the people in the middle, the people that are in the classroom, the people that are doing the operations, whatever it is, wherever that is considered, we made up a title for me. I, like it does the title. What is this? It's like, don't label everything and give everything <laughs> a title. We have to, because otherwise it's just Aaron Hagen Cherry down there. And what does she do? But I'll, you know, I think Wendy has let me know that, that by teaching me how to sort of lead from the middle is that I am trusted to do a little bit of everything. So I can come to the meetings with the people that are doing the systems improvement work for us and have a voice and opinion. Yes, I do operations, but you can lead this conversation with us. You can have ideas. You are trusted in this company. A teacher's, whenever I was there, I wasn't really even asked an opinion, yet I was the one in the classroom every single day with the children that we were supposed to be reaching. And nobody was asking me anything about what I thought, what might be an idea, not that I would have the answers to it or that I expected, okay, we're going to change everything because Miss Cherry said it was never about that. It was just be quiet. I'm not going to grow you down there because you're just down there. Like we're going to tell you what to do, how to do it and just do it. And I think that's such a loss there when we forget to give them a voice because I was scared to death of a superintendent. You weren't going to see me speak up because I might, my grammar might not be proper. Like I just, <laughs> I, I didn't know. I mean, and I think sadly, so many people feel that way in, in education for sure. But I think it's in every organization and this is an assumption made on my part. But having been a teacher, I, I wasn't speaking to a superintendent, an assistant superintendent. I was like, you just 
go on out there and take care of what we tell you to teach, right? Like, and nobody was even helping me to understand that, what the standards were. I mean, there's just basic things. Like it was just, I'm writing it on a board and I have no idea why. And it would have been nice if I could have had the comfortability to step up and say, hey, I need to understand this. And here is another idea. Or can I be trusted in my classroom with my students that I'm with every single day that maybe you get to see or you don't get to see? I'm not certain. But can't we just all, I, I like to say this because I just feel like we all need a seat at the table. The, the table can continue to be extended. We can continue to add chairs. The table is not just for four people at the top. So to me, leading from the middle just means like trust everybody in the organization. Trust every single person. Give them a voice. Just let them feel like they're being listened to and heard. That's all we want in the world is to be listened to, to be seen. It doesn't mean that you have to use my ideas, but I should be allowed to have them. And so in the middle where Beth and I might be considered, I'm not really sure what that all means, except for, I know I have a voice. I know Wendy could be considered the top, but she will not allow us to believe that. That isn't what her, her ideas are, right? It's, do that make yeah. sense? I'm kind of talking I, around it, but. I have so many things that I, I, I want to say. I've got, I've got to jump in here. I've got to <laughs> jump in here. So I just, the, the, the comment that Aaron made about um, superintendents and like being afraid to talk with them, um, you know, or communicate with them. It just, uh, it, it made me laugh because Lyle and I um, communicate with superintendents, assistant, assistant superintendents, directors, um, school site principals, you know, all the time. And Erin worrying about her grammar is hilarious because <laughs> <laughs> the highest, uh, you know, Lyle has, Lyle has taught me and from his research, we know the highest performing leaders don't pay attention to detail. And so we receive emails from them that are a hot mess, but it's, it's, and so it's okay. Like right. that isn't what matters because they're focused on the outcomes and the results for kids. Mm -hmm. um, and then, and then the other piece that I wanted to, to add or to share was this concept of leading from the middle has been around for a while, but it's been in like you, you hear about it in a concept. Uh, as a concept, as a theory, as a idea, but you don't see it in practice mm -hmm. very often. And in practice, in you know, within an educational system, like looking at a school district in particular, what we know is that superintendents, assistant superintendents, the folks at the top frequently, they tend to be not always, but they tend to be a bit older. And so they may be heading into retirement or they may be looking for the next position. And so sometimes, you know, they, they move and they're also only one person, you know, each of them are one, one person. And then at, you know, at the um, school site level, that's also true of principals. Many of them are looking for, you know, a, a, a position at the central office or at the district office to advance their career and to, to be able to have an impact on even more teachers and students um, in their district. And so they frequently shift. And many districts shift their principals on purpose. I remember working with a large district in Southern California that had a, a standard practice that every five years a principal was shifted if they had not already been shifted. And so there's change like frequently in these, in these positions. And so leadership from the middle is about developing your teachers as leaders because that is your most consistent group 
of people in a it, within the the school, you know, the school district. So if I, as a principal, develop my teachers as leaders, empower them to make decisions, and we put systems in place, then our work can continue long after I've been moved to XYZ Elementary, or long after I've been promoted to the executive director of academics. Yeah, Beth, I was just going to throw in for you, maybe you could add what you're saying, that the story about you speaking to that superintendent, that you weren't working here too long and you were in a meeting where we pulled together our leadership, our coaching team, the central office, some of the central office people in a more informal summit and the superintendent and the superintendent said something and Beth challenged the superintendent that meeting. So why don't you talk about that if you can a little bit, because I think a really good example of leading from below. Yeah, it's actually kind of a funny story. Um, so we had been, we, we were meeting offsite because you're right, it was a more comfortable setting, you know, something that was more comfortable. And it was a meeting of, you know, all of the coaches and consultants that were working with the district. And we were talking about um, having, you know, the secretaries, because they were called school secretaries, um, which has always been a pet peeve of mine. But um, <laughs> So we were talking about how to get them to take more ownership of their work. And, you know, and, and I said, well, you can start by stopping calling them uh, secretaries, you know. And um, so the superintendent turned to me and goes, well, but, you know, just that. As, and, uh, and I'm like, well, it's a start. It's a start. And, you know, so a couple of days later, while I was in a meeting with him with um, a bunch of other people, and he started talking about the secretaries, and he stopped, and the minute he goes, "Oops, sorry, not secretaries, sorry, Beth," and but I wasn't, I was already back, you know, in Boston. She was, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's 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 things like that because leading from the middle, and and un I think unfortunately, maybe I don't know if that's the right word, but you need you need to feel like you've been given permission to lead from the middle. And that comes from the top. So if you are not, you know, feeling ownership or not feeling like you've been given permission to, to lead, you won't do it. So that, that tone is set from the top. So even though it is about leading from the middle, it needs to come from the top. The people in the middle, the people at the, you know, support roles, it's all integral parts of the results. So now we're going to wait so we can use the talent of the people until these upper level people give you permission. I got a real problem with that. I think people, now I understand the risks of this, so we should talk about it. You gotta, how do you take initiative and do it? Because the people who move up and have more influence are the ones who don't wait for the permission. I don't wanna wait for permission from people who don't, aren't doing this because they may never get it. And that hurts the results of the school district or, or anything. So I'm not a big fan of permission. Um, but I understand that it's risky to do what I'm saying. Um, but a lot of times the people who are successful and there's a set of skills, but how do you assert yourself and not wait for the permission? Right. It's scary. To me, it's really scary to think about that. I'm waiting for permission all the time and Wendy does not like that. And it's, but it's beautiful. I mean, it's how I'm, that's what it is. She's still always working to better me, to better our organization. It's only, it, it only, works if we're all together taking the risks. I mean, 
Uh, right, I don't know how else to say it, and I'm probably not the best at speaking to it, and I'll cry if I talk about it too much, but it matters, and I understand the word is permission. And <laughs> it feels like I have permission. I don't think that's really the right word. Maybe, I don't know, but it just feels that way. And whenever I don't take the initiative to step it up, she pushes back every single time. Like, no, 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 but you do have... I do trust you. So it's always, it's like, okay, she did try. I should have, I should have. And then I feel bad. And she's like, absolutely not. That's also not beneficial. Like you can't, we just, just next time do better. Trust yourself. It's the only, like, I'm never going to just get there. I'm always working. I think maybe I've heard another superintendent say, maybe Cindy said it's like, it's like, it's a journey. We're on it and we're, it, we don't get there. Like, I'm not going to be at the top. Like I, I should never get to the top and think, whew, done. I've grown, I'm finished. It's like, it's that thing, it's that thing that, that, you know, that you hear about or read about that is, is so very true. No matter how good you think you are, <laughs> someone's better. Yeah. 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 So I do appreciate that push. It's scary. It's hard. I sit with Lyle for coaching and I'm freaking out and he pushes me to do the things I don't want to do naturally because I've been conditioned not to, not to trust that inner feeling, not to, maybe I have too much concern for others or whatever it is. And Lyle's always like, well, let's role play. How about let's role play? Because if we start role playing, then I'm teaching, you're learning how to do this hard thing. And it was pretty early on in my coaching whenever I was not coming to Wendy to tell her something. I don't even remember. It's pretty basic now looking back. But at the time, it felt really hard, really, really hard. And Lyle was like, okay, so we're going to role play on this. And I thought, oh. And then I was able to go talk to her. And it was another beautiful, empowering moment of what it means to, to feel like leading from the middle. Like, you can do this. Come to me with things. We're going to learn and grow. Yes, it's hard. But, but I trust you and we're communicating kind of right back to what Beth said, that communication is key. Instead of me just sitting back and hoping things will just blow over, they're not going to, they're going to keep getting bigger and bigger. And so it was really nice to, to, I do not like to role play, but to be trusted, to, to come to Wendy, to talk to her. And then I realized, oh, okay, I didn't get fired. I didn't, she, she actually is okay. And she's receptive and wow, look at there. And so I think often like my comment, I'm going to go back and fix this because whenever I said that about superintendents, not feeling comfortable, that was on me. That was on my own. I hadn't grown, hadn't been taught. They aren't feeling that way. I don't think, I hope not. I mean, those are the superintendents that most of them probably are at the top. My, my assumption is, and not really feeling like nobody better come talk to me down there, you know, but, but like Wendy said, if it's not, if it's not in action, you know, and you're not seeing it all the time and you're like, oh, that teacher's talk. It, there just has to be that, that, that permission. I wish we could come up with a better word. Maybe do you have one? I no. don't, I don't know what else to say, but that feeling all the way down to the teachers and even the students like, Hey, superintendent, so-and-so like that just should be a natural yeah, that should be just natural for every single person, the parents, the, the students. The, so leading from the middle to me is just building trust in whoever's there to, to that we all know our outcome because we talk about it all the time. We know what we're here to do, whether I'm behind the scenes with dates and getting, making sure their travel is arranged or not. I'm getting them there for that final outcome. So it matters. One quick follow-up on... Yeah, you're right. Permission's not the right word. Um, but I, I think, so putting it back on the person in the middle, right? So what can, you know, someone in my role or your role, Aaron, um, or whoever, whoever is 
taking the initiative to, okay, so say you don't have permission, right? Whatever word we want to use, taking the initiative to go ask for it, to say, these are the ideas that I have. Um, this, you know, I think this is going to affect XYZ, which is part of our, you know, organization's goals. So have the initiative to go talk to somebody, whether it's your boss or whatever. Um, yeah, just take initiative. And I think part of that, I think part of the ability to take initiative is having confidence in yourself. And that's something that you don't have necessarily from, from day one. I certainly didn't. It's something that I've developed over the last 12 years. Even uh, just take what Beth said, the next step of that, it's good to take the initiative, but we also then say, we don't want to say, can I do it? So we want, because why should we ask? Right. So we should, we should be saying, um, here's what I'm going to do. Here's why I want to do this. And this is what I'm going to do. Am I missing anything? So you can ask for feedback. You shouldn't ask for permission, right? Because it's, you're, you're thinking about what you're asking people. Is it okay if I use my talents and abilities to help us be successful and help you? Is that okay? I mean, why are we asking that question? <laughs> very true. Very true. Beth, Aaron, Lyle, thank you all. Uh, we, we really value you and our partnership and the fact that we spend so much time working together, collaborating as a, a network is, it's, it's priceless. Thank you for your time. And for our listeners, uh, for a limited time, we are offering a free coaching session backed by a research-based leadership competency assessment. Go to www.ltl360.com to redeem this offer while it lasts.